Hey guys, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. This is Brandon from the Fandom Podcast, and just like on Thanksgiving, I wanted to drop an extra episode into your feed at a time where a lot of podcasts take a week or two off. Just like the Thanksgiving episode, this one's not going to be very long. But this time, I'm giving you a sneak peek into a project that I'm working on called Legends of Fandom. Legends of Fandom was inspired by the many times that as a parent, I have introduced my children to a fandom, and they ask me if it's real. Surprisingly, many times I've been able to tell them that the character or story is based off of ancient legends. Legends of Fandom is where ancient legends meet modern fandom. The first episode of this new show talks about the legendary Maui and the differences in his character from Disney's Moana. There are mild spoilers if you haven't seen it yet, but I would love for you to listen and give me some feedback on the music, story, design, all sorts of stuff like that. I've included ads and links in the show that are actually not active yet, but I wanted to give you a feel of what the show will be like when it is completed. But for now, you can reach out to me at feedback at fandompodcast.com or using fandompodcast.com slash contact. Thanks. From across the fandomverse, our favorite books, movies, TV shows, and comics reach into established mythology to find inspiration. The characters and creatures that they use become the legends of fandom. I am Brandon Ushio, and this is going to be the first part in a series of discussions about the legends that have inspired popular animated Disney movies. This episode, we are going to be talking about the demigod Maui and his connection to the animated Disney movie Moana. All right, so let's talk about the demigod Maui. It's actually Maui shapeshifter, demigod of the wind and sea, hero of men. I interrupted from the top, hero of men. Go. No, that's okay. I think you got it. Before we get into some of the legends that inspired the cool tattoos that adorned the animated body of Maui, let's talk about today's sponsor, Audible. Audible has over 180,000 titles and all sorts of spoken word content. But if you listen to other podcasts, I know that you've heard this spiel before. Here's what's different. If you go to legendsoffandom.com slash audible, you can get two free audiobooks. What you'll do is you'll sign up for a 30-day free trial on the gold plan. And then you pick out your free audiobooks. You can cancel this at any time. And when you cancel, the books are yours to keep forever. What happens if you pick a book and you don't like it? Well, Audible has this great listen guarantee. You can return the book and pick another one. If you're listening to this, you might be interested in the official Moana storybook. Or maybe you're more interested in a biography on Walt Disney, How to Be Like Walt, capturing the Disney magic every day of your life, which is a character biography about Walt Disney that draws out the important lessons from his life. So again, you can sign up for this special offer at legendsoffandom.com audible. I love Audible, and I think you will too. Okay, back to the legends. There are over 1,000 Polynesian islands that dot the Pacific Ocean, and Maui is a legendary character in many of these cultures, which is really amazing when you think about how spread out each of these islands are. Here are some facts about Maui. Maui is typically depicted as a muscle-bound warrior with some face tattoos, basically a giant person who you would not want to run into in a dark alley. I imagined the physique of Jason Momoa or Dwayne Johnson it would probably be the closest real-life depictions of Maui that we have. 
depending on which legends you believe, Maui is either extremely lazy and loves to lie about, or he's a trickster that likes to get people involved in his harebrained schemes. And most of his heroic feats are motivated either by him being lazy or him trying to help other people. Some of his heroic feats include Maui slowing down the sun, pulling the islands from the sea, fighting a giant tentacled monster, fighting a fire monster, fighting a giant crab, fighting a giant winged monster, I'm starting to see a pattern here, and turning himself into a giant bird. Maui's weapon of choice is the jawbone that once belonged to his ancestors, which has been enchanted by the gods, giving him all sorts of extra powers that have helped him along in his quests. While doing some research on the legendary Maui, I found a legend that is pretty consistent across the different islands. While some of the details change depending on who tells it, the majority of the story has stayed the same across many Polynesian cultures. Have you ever wished that the day was just a little bit longer? Yeah, apparently Maui did too. And according to legend, one evening Maui and his family, yes, you heard that right, his family were out getting ready for dinner by heating a bunch of rocks to cook with. And by the time they finished heating their stones, the sun was down. It was too dark to cook and it was too dark to even see. So yeah, dinner was pretty much ruined. Maui got pretty annoyed at this because apparently back then the days were extremely short and you had to rush to get your chores done and to get your food prepared before it got too dark to do anything. And well, Maui was done living his life on the sun schedule. So he was going to teach it a lesson. He was going to force it to move more slowly across the sky. When he announced his intentions to his brothers, they started mocking him. They pointed out that the heat and the flames of the sun would burn them to death and that the sheer size of the sun made it impossible to catch. Which seemed like reasonable objections, even not knowing that the sun reaches temperatures of 5,777 Kelvin, or nearly 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit, or that it has a circumference of 2.7 million miles, and they didn't even really know that the sun is about 93 million miles away. I guess I probably would have sided with Maui's brothers. Maui let them have their fun and laugh a little bit, uh, but then he pulled out his magic jawbone and said, don't worry, I have a plan. After all, you've seen me do a lot of impossible things with this jawbone. With your help, I can conquer the sun. Maui was able to convince his brothers to help him make flax ropes to catch the sun. Obviously, normal flax ropes would not work. Maui used a technique that he learned while in the underworld to enchant them, but that's an entirely different legend. I can't imagine that this was easy, because either they were doing it completely in the dark, or they were putting off their regular chores and meals and trying to do those in the dark. Because, well, the sun wasn't slowing down on its own. After five days, they had all of the ropes that they needed, and they began their journey east to the place where the sun rises. They moved only at night so that the sun wouldn't see them and know that they were coming. This also meant that they had to hide under bushes and other objects during the day to avoid being spotted in the wrong place. Along the way, Maui made them gather as much water as they could. He didn't tell them what it was for, but only that it was important. I imagine that it only took a few days for his brothers to start to forget why they were doing all this work and what they were even out there for. After all, they were probably pretty tired of doing everything in the dark, but isn't that exactly what they have been doing for this past week? Doing everything in the dark? Well, Maui was able to keep his brothers going until the twelfth night, and they actually made it to the pit where the sun rises out of the ground. This is where the water came in handy. 
They started to use it to make clay huts because the ground around the sun obviously had no water for them to use. So they made some clay huts, and those huts were used to hide the ropes in. And they built a wall to shelter them from the sun. As the sun started to rise, Maui waited until it got to just the right height, and he signaled his brothers to throw the ropes around the sun. With the sun immobilized, Maui jumped on and started bashing it with his trusty jawbone. The sun had no idea what was going on, and so it finally cried out for Maui to stop and asked him what he was doing. Maui told him that he was tired of having such a short day and was going to make it impossible for the sun to go quickly across the sky anymore. So Maui went back to work. After the bashing that the sun received, he was too feeble to do anything but crawl slowly across the sky. And if you look closely, every once in a while, you can still see the flax cords hanging off of the sun. So what happened to Maui and his brothers? Well, they returned home. Maui got all the credit and the glory for making everyone's days longer. But in the immediate time, there were probably some perks to being Maui's brother. If we were to use this one story to compare the legendary Maui to the Maui from Disney's Moana, there are some things that were kept true, and there were some other things that were glaringly different. The biggest difference between Disney's Maui and the legendary Maui is that the legendary Maui lives with his family. In the movie, Maui's parents threw him into the sea as an infant where the gods took mercy on him and raised him, which inspired his heroic feats because he was constantly feeling like he had to prove to his parents that he was good enough. But in this legend, he's living with his family, and he convinces them to go on a 12-day journey in the dark to beat up the sun. It sounds like not only did he know his family, but they trusted him. In researching this, I did find a Maori legend where Maui was given up by his parents to the gods, but he found his way back to his family by the time he was a toddler, and he was welcomed back by not only his parents, but his siblings as well. So why did Disney essentially orphan Maui? Well, they've got a pattern of doing this. Whether it's Bambi, Dumbo, Simba, Cinderella, Belle, or many others, their parents are all taken from them. But that's because these are essentially all coming-of-age stories where the protagonist has to find out who they really are and start taking responsibility for their life. But with parents around taking care of you, it takes a lot longer and it's a lot more nuanced. So it's kind of a shorthand in storytelling where they can quickly show motivation and growth. This is probably the reason, especially since the movie's name is Moana and not Maui, that Maui's parents got this treatment because they couldn't spend as much time explaining Maui's backstory. But another reason might have to do with some tragic events that happened in Walt Disney's life. In 1938, everything was looking great for Walt Disney. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs had just finished its run in the theaters, and things couldn't have been going better. Walt Disney was even able to buy a house for his parents, which is kind of every kid's dream, right? To be able to take care of your parents the way that they took care of you. But that November, the furnace was acting up in his parents' home, and so Walt sent over some maintenance guys from the studio to take a look at it. Apparently, they didn't know what they were doing, because that evening there was a carbon monoxide leak, And when the housekeeper came over in the morning, she found his parents unconscious. They took him outside, and Walt's father was very sick, but he began to wake up. But his mother didn't make it and was already gone. Walt obviously took that very personally. It was the house that he bought. It was the maintenance men that he employed. And he very much felt that it was his fault. 
This may or may not be the reason that he gravitated towards stories where the characters didn't have parents. But if it was, then it really had a large impact on his studio since they've continued with this theme till today, even without him. So if the legendary Maui was not dealing with the issues of being abandoned by his family, why did he go to the work of slowing down the sun? What was his motivation? One version of the legend that I read was that he liked taking naps in the sun, but the day was too short to do that. But most of them had to do with him taking care of his family. In one version, his mother would spend all day getting ready to weave the kapa cloth, and she would unroll it, and by the time she had it all unrolled and ready to work on, the sun would go down, and she would have to roll it back up so that she could keep it protected overnight and then go back to work the next day. And really, she wouldn't get very much done. So Maui saw this, and he felt bad for her, and he wanted to find a way to help her get her work done. My guess is that he was just kind of a kind soul. And that he wanted to be helpful. Another difference that you may have noticed is that I kept talking about Maui's enchanted jawbone and not a fish hook. In a future legend, one of the Polynesian gods carves the fish hook from the jawbone. But Disney acted like it had always been a fish hook. And I don't blame them. You may have noticed that I said that the jawbone had belonged to his ancestors. Specifically, it belonged to his grandmother. And maybe you assumed that it just sounded weird that I worded it funny. Uh, and that it was a weapon that he had inherited from his grandmother. But every story that I read that explained where he got this jawbone phrased it in the same weird way. And I think that Maui was actually swinging around a human jawbone. So I don't blame Disney for glossing over that fact. The last difference is kind of hard to describe in words, but most of the pictures that accompanied the legends that I read to research this show Maui as a young man with incredible strength and built like a modern superhero. Well, the Maui that we meet in Moana looks like an American stereotype of an overweight Polynesian. To be fair to Disney, the way that he moves and he fights in Moana, all of that mass appears to be muscle. But you'd have to be grasping at straws to say that Disney's Maui physically resembles the legendary Maui in very many ways. It appears that Disney did nail the braggadocious manner that Maui exudes in the trickster personality. Many, many, many of the legends that I, that I read, he had those traits. They even tie into a historical time frame where there was a pause in the exploration and settling of the Polynesian Islands. So how does the ancient legend compare to the modern mythology? I would probably have to give it 6.5 coconut pirates out of 10. By the way, I really hope that I get a chance to do something on the Coconut Pirates someday. But at the end of the day, I just couldn't get over the fact that Maui wasn't really an orphan and that his appearance is mildly offensive to the culture that this myth was taken from. I didn't know any of Maui's legends when I saw Moana for the first time, and I loved the movie. Now that I know some, I think that it will enhance the story just that much more, especially if you check out all of the tattoos that Minnie Maui is featured in. But I'm not going to hold my breath expecting cultural accuracy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Legends of Fandom. I would love to get your feedback on the Disneyfication of Maui. And you can reach me at feedback at legendsoffandom.com or facebook.com slash legendsoffandom. Make sure that you subscribe. If you head over to legendsoffandom.com slash subscribe, it will give you all of the options to stay up to date. I want to give a huge shout out to those of you supporting this project on Patreon. I really want to try hard to follow the value for value model where you are able to decide what value that I give to you and in turn you decide 
what value you can afford to give me. Check out legendsoffandom.com slash support to see the ways that you can send a little bit of value back my way. Until next time, may the fandom be with you.